Welcome to the Learn Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to our show. As he said, I'm David from LearnStageLighting.com, and I'm really excited to have you guys here today. I'm excited every week, but I'm really digging our new format already. And uh, today in the main segment, we got some exciting stuff for you. We're going to start what's kind of going to be a two-show series, both this week and two weeks from now, talking a little bit about lighting for video. And, well, we're not going to talk about it in the conventional sense, in the sense of a video studio, per se. What we're going to talk about here is that when you're on the stage, when you're doing a show, whether it be live music, whether it be worship, whether it be a corporate event, how do you optimize that lighting for video? Because whether you go and dive, you go and dive all in to make it for video or not, people are taking videos of your stage and it needs to look good in camera. So we're going to talk about that. First things first, though, I want to dive into a little bit of news. So this week I read in PLSN, that's a magazine, um, subscribe if you're uh, in this industry or you're a lighting hobbyist. There's a lot of really good stuff in it. And one column that I really like every week is called Feeding the Machines. It's by Brad Scheller. He currently works um, for Harmon Professional, but he's worked other places for manufacturers. And he's been writing this column for a long time. In fact, when I was first getting started, I read this column um, with fervor, with intensity, because he just always gives really great tips in it. And so here he's talking about programming moving light positions, okay? So when you're in your lighting console, whether it be something really simple or something really complex, how do you program your positions? And he goes through in this article and he talks about some different things. He says, you know, if your console has the ability to do a default position like Onyx does, one of my favorites, then record in that default position something that actually makes sense because by default, the default is going to have the lights pointing straight down in, in most consoles. And he said, you know, do something that makes sense so that if you dump everything out of your console, you can turn those lights on and they point at something that actually makes sense and does something. Also, he talks about, you know, get all your fixtures, and this is important, if you've got different brands, different types of, of lights, make sure they all pan and tilt the same way so that you're not having to remember when you're working on something, oh, well, I got to select these and, and take them right, but I take those left to make them go right, those other ones, you know, make, make those all match up. Um, and then he talks about always tilt first. That's important. If you have a unit that pans and tilts and it's pointing straight down, if it's at that default 50, 50 position, as we call it, you know, go ahead and um, tilt it first every time, even though it's the second knob on most consoles, it's pan and then tilt, tilt first. And then go ahead and make sure you're actually pointing the light at the right spot on stage. So use a mic stand, use a friend, use a mic stand with a sweatshirt on it you know, to be able to get that focus right exactly where the performer is going to be. And then remember, he says, you know, like we're going to talk about during today, um, look at things through a camera to make sure they look good on camera. And then last, make sure, of course, that you use palettes or presets and don't just record straight to cues because this allows you to update things later. So that's the cliff notes. I would go read that. It'll be in the show notes the, the link to that article because it's just really good. And it's every month Brad really writes about great stuff. And I, I really, really like what he does there. So let's dive in to our main segment. It actually really kind of um, 
goes with this, but we want to talk about in two videos here, or two videos, two segments here, what is color temperature, okay? And we want to talk about color quality here because we're talking about lighting for video. And while I've talked about various things before on this podcast, you know, creating an even wash and um, things like that, I haven't really put any time forth to talking about lighting for video. So when it comes to lighting for video, how's that different than just regular stage lighting? How do you do things different when there's cameras involved? And as I talked about in the very opening of the show, there are always cameras involved now, right? Because everyone has a camera in their phone and some people have actual cameras and the cameras in people's phones are actually pretty darn good. And so, you know, that doesn't um, make bad lighting look good, but it reminds you that you got to pay attention to what the camera sees because your work, there, there are going to be pictures taken of your work and it is going to show up online and it's going to reflect on your client, whoever that is, the artist, the corporation, the production company. And so we need to make sure it looks good, not only in the room, but also through the camera, through video. And so one of the things that's really important to think about as we're starting to do that is to talk about color temperature, okay? So what is color temperature? Well, we, we got to talk to our friend Mr. Kelvin about this, and the reason why we do that is because color temperature, the short basic answer is it is how yellow or blue our white is. And this is expressed in a range of temperatures called Kelvin or correlated color temperature. And Kelvin, of course, is, you know, a way that we also measure um, actual temperature, you know, outside. It uses the same size degree as Celsius. Um, I think Kelvin was the first way of measuring temperature. And when something is zero Kelvin, it's as cold as something can possibly get. There's no negatives in Kelvin. But regardless, um, when we're looking at different whites, in Kelvin, we're going to look from about 2700K to about 6500K in general. And 6500K is the bluer end, per se, of the spectrum, and 2700K is the warmer end. But here's the deal. Here's the kicker. Our human eyes are very good at modifying and, and adjusting to different color temperatures. Now, if we see two sources of light next to each other and one is a lower t color temperature or it's more orange per se, and then we look at one that's a higher color temperature, more of a crisp white or a blue, we can, we can see that difference. But if you're in a space that's a consistent color temperature and you're there for quite some time, the, the shift to it, the slight orangeness or blueness that, that that light may have really goes away. Your eye adjusts to it and all of a sudden it just looks white. Well, the camera works the same way. And I actually have to pause here for a second and let you know that, you know, um, I'm not going to go into all the depth here that's possible, but I do do that via video inside of Learn Stage Lighting Labs. We've got a great action plan in there called Lighting for Video, and it's, you know, everything you need to turn your stage lighting into a great product for video. So be sure to check out Learn Stage Lighting Labs. But regardless, um, you know, these different color temperatures, while your eyes can auto-adjust to them, the camera cannot. So the camera, and this may be familiar to you, gets set to a single color 
temperature. A lot of cameras, you can modify that color temperature. You might be able to set it to 2700 for your warm white, or, and then it's going to view the world through that 2700 range, okay? So when we're talking about color temperature, you know, this can get really interesting because say you've got an incandescent front light or a warm white wash. Well, we can dial our, our cameras in to match that, and that's all going to be okay until there's something on stage that's not warm white. Maybe it's a moving light that's more of a 5,000K source, something around there. Maybe it's just a TV or an LED wall. And all of a sudden, the colors are going to look wrong because the color temperatures do not match. And so when you're lighting for a video, you want to try as hard as you possibly can to make all the color temperatures match unless you're trying to do something um, for an effect purposefully. All right. So that's the basics on color temperature. Then, especially when we're working with LEDs, we've got what's called color quality, okay? And when we work with LEDs, sometimes you can go get a really cheap LED or just an RGB LED fixture, turn it on full, and people look very unhuman, and colors don't look right. And so you might think the colors on the fabrics on the stage, you know, that's not your job as the lighting designer, but or lighting person, hobbyist, whoever you are. Um, but you actually can affect that based on the color quality of the light that you're pointing at the stage. And so while an incandescent fixture, you know, kind of an old school, um, you know, conventional light has great color quality, some of these LEDs have really, really bad color quality. And when you put it on video, it can be very apparent. It can also be apparent in, in person. So we've got to think about that. And color quality is, um, it's going to be measured a few different ways. Um, the way, the traditional way of measuring it is called CRI or the Color Rendering Index. And, you know, the folks that study this stuff let me know that the CRI is, is not a great way to measure LEDs. It's, it's far from perfect. It works for incandescent sources, but it really is incomplete information when it comes to LEDs. And so there's some other ways that people use, such as the TM30 and CQS. And who knows, maybe in the future we'll see some other scales that allow us to see a picture of color quality from a given source. Now, the last kind of thing we want to think about is when we do get our light on camera, we want to go ahead and get the light levels balanced, okay? So the first thing we did is we wanted to get that color temperature and we wanted to get it matching across all our fixtures, anything that outputs light, video screens, projectors, anything, okay? Flashlights on stage, you get the picture. All that stuff needs to match in color temperature, hopefully at the source. You know, you can use gels and stuff and they can work well. Um, it's generally better to, you know, you can gel an LED to get the color temperature down a little bit. That tends to work okay. You know, some will have a color temperature filter in them. Um, taking incandescents and putting a gel to get them up also works okay, but you lose color quality whenever you do that. And, you know, that look, while it's very popular um, in corporate events, and sometimes it's what you got to do, it makes for a less natural looking person. It just does. They, they look more pale. So there's a few ways to do that. You know, get your color temperatures match. Then make sure you've got a good quality source, 
especially for your front light. And then we want to look on the camera and make sure we're exposing the camera correctly. This is where you work closely with your video crew. You want to make sure that things are exposed correctly. And you want to make sure that things are not oversaturated because sometimes you can have a color, especially on an LED fixture, that is just too deep for the camera and it's going to blow out. And so you want to always be looking at the camera, looking at a monitor you can trust and, and, and working with your video crew, looking at histograms, things like that, to make sure that you're not blowing anything out, that you're not killing anything that you're optimizing for the camera. And then the last thing I want to leave with you today is I just gave you all these tips on, you know, balancing things out for the camera and making things look just right. But you always have to hold the fine line and balance when you're thinking about these things between making it perfect for the camera or making it perfect for the room. Rarely can you do both. If you if you really take the time, the forethought, and get the exact right gear in place, you can make lighting that's really great for the room and really great for the camera. But more often than not, you'll, you'll have to make some slight trade-offs or major trade-offs on one side or the other in order to make it just right. And so you have to decide, and, and this is usually above, you know, the lighting designer's threshold, but it's, it's where we as the lighting people need to go to the folks in charge of the production that we're involved with, whether it's church, whether it's a corporate event, whether it's music, whatever, you know, you, um, you want to go ahead and, you know, you got to decide, okay, what's more important here? Is making the video perfect more important or making the room perfect more important? And then work with that, you know, and um, it's not rocket science, but, you know, it does take some time to tweak things and to get it just right and, and to work with it. And then, you know, once you do have the cameras tweaked in, we'll talk more about this next week. You want to make sure that you keep your levels of light consistent. Okay. Super duper important as well. So with that, guys, a couple quick things I want to hit on our way out of today's podcast. Thanks for listening, of course. And if you have liked what you've learned about in today's show, I, I really like to ask you to go ahead to learnstagelighting.com slash iTunes and um, leave a rating and review. Those reviews help people find out about the show, decide if it's worth listening to or not. And I want you to tell them whether or not it's worth listening to. So I really, really, really appreciate that. Until next week, I hope you have a great show. Next week's going to be a Q&A episode. And uh, for the folks who are on the Learn Stage Lighting email list, I'll send out an email before I record that show to ask for your questions. So don't miss out on those emails. It's your chance to ask questions and um, all of that goodness. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you here next week. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. Be sure to visit us at LearnStageLighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.